You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, March 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but I promise you, not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with my baseball-related work at Just Baseball, which is a great website that you should check out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Uh, and if you don't like my comic book, a uh, little nonsensical stuff going on over there sometimes, you know, I tweet about movies a whole bunch too. Then check out Lockdown Padres at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. And also check it out on YouTube where you can see the uh, the bobblehead buddy of mine, Tatis, which you can check out in the description uh, at Lockdown Padres on YouTube. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listed every day, free and available on all platforms. And I missed the past, no, I didn't miss the past couple days. I missed yesterday's pod and Tuesday's pod. So a little bit weird this week, weird scheduling, but don't worry, we are back. Um, just had to take care of some things, and I figured to make it up to folks, I figured it's time for a fun Friday episode, ladies and gentlemen, because we're talking about Manny Machado versus Nolan Arenado, the debate that, to be quite frankly, just never stops, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and it hasn't really stopped ever since Machado signed with the Padres uh, back in 2019, and granted, I will start off by saying this. This could absolutely be a case of echo chamber and the bubble that I'm in or whatever, but Padres media, Padres Twitter, just fans in general, there is always a lot of like yelling and whatnot when it comes to Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. The Padres fans are shouting and saying, it's absurd, look at this bum. Maybe it's referring to Arenado, I mean. It could just be a bit, you know? I know that I do it as a bit. When I made fun of Nolan Arenado in the playoffs last year because he had a bad error in that game against the Phillies that ended up, it wasn't the only error that inning, oddly enough, but it was an error and, you know, Phillies ended up scoring a bunch at the last inning of that game. Ryan Helsley blows the save, rest is history, right? They end up losing that series to the Phillies and moving on. And I just feel like I see all the time this Nolan Arenado versus Machado thing. And look, I personally like to do player rankings and stuff in tiers. Uh, not to sound pretentious or anything, I like I get why people like arguing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be condescending towards those that like to do their top 10 lists or anything like that. Because to be quite frank with you, it's also better engagement uh, when you do it that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's a better way to get people talking and people excited and people to debate. And I, I often find it to be a little bit exhausting sometimes. So I, I usually go by a way of tiers. And I've always thought that Machado and Arnado are clearly in the same tier. I think they're in the S tier of players in all of baseball, to be quite honest with you, um, if we're doing the whole breakdown. But and and again, I must repeat, this could just be a Padres Twitter thing, but I felt like, you know, it was worth talking about. And just I think that Padres fans have been a little bit crazy and I wanted to look it up and at least do just give my take on this whole debate between who's the best third baseman. And I think that a lot of people will say Manny Machado, but there are some people who say no one and I don't think that there's any issue with that. I'm going to explain why. First of all, I also want to just say in general, just to be a nerd for a second, we've had a really good third baseman these past couple bunch of years, just in both the national league and the American league. I'm talking back to David Wright era, 
You know what I mean? I'm talking back to, you know, at that Evan Longoria when he was around. The top tier of third baseman just always seemed to be very good. It doesn't vacillate all that much the way that I feel. Center field and maybe shortstop. Hey, I remember when shortstop position, it was Troy Tolowitzki and maybe Jose Reyes. And then that was like it, right? For a little bit, right? And now shortstop is a lot more deeper. But for third base, it's like there's always somebody. You even got guys like Kyle Seeger who were pretty consistent and good for a while, right? You've got those folks. But Machado and Arenado have been at the top tier of third baseman for a long time. So I think that's part of why this sort of debate kind of comes up, right? Like you've got those two have always been a fixture in the elite third baseman. Basically ever since like 2013, 2014, especially uh, 20, 2015 when Machado like came back from some of his injuries, had that great year for the Orioles, had an incredible defensive year as well. And Arnado, who came in with, you know, I remember when he first came up to the league, he had that hitting game streak. I believe it was either his, I think it was his second year in the league. He had like, he went like 28 games, something with a hit. That was pretty nuts before he really developed that power of his, for sure. I remember, if I let me look that really quickly. Yeah, his first couple seasons, 10 home runs and 18 home runs, right? He, he was just more of a hitter those first couple years. And then he absolutely blew up when he started hitting for a whole lot more homers, 42 exact, uh, that third year with the Rockies. But that's what it's always felt like for me. And in today's um, climate, there's a lot of great third basemen too. I mean, you've got Jose Ramirez is up there as well. Alex Bregman, while I don't think as good as these two, is up there. You've got Rafael Devers. You've got Austin Riley. Bobby Witt Jr. might boost up there. Uh, who knows? Gunnar Henderson, he's a new top prospect. He's the biggest prospect in baseball. Matt Chapman had a two-year stretch where he was literally an MVP candidate. So again, that's just me nerding out. There's been a lot of great third basemen to talk about, but I think that's why this debate goes up there because Nolan and Manny are still there at the top of it, right? Some other guys have fallen off, but they absolutely have not. And I want to give my take on it. I want to give my take. And again, I just really, you know, and I want to give my take on not just numbers, but also just how I feel about the two players, not necessarily by an eye test standpoint, but just, you know, what is the aura? What is the vibe? I think that Manny Machado for a lot of people, um, and this might be influenced why Padres Twitter and fans and media and whatnot react to this, is that Machado, in my opinion, has certainly been the one with the bigger personality. Um, Nolan Arado definitely tends to keep to himself a lot more. Um, don't get me wrong, he is very passionate from what I've heard, especially even on those Rockies teams. You saw him get upset. It was 2021, right? Like after that crummy 2020 season that he was just like, what are we doing? Like he's definitely passionate, don't get me wrong. But Machado has been a bigger personality in the sport and it's not even really close. And sometimes for good and bad, right? Machado, you know, starts coming into the league. And first of all, he's just got such a swagger to him. He's on those Orioles teams that love hitting home runs, right? With Adam Jones, with Nelson Cruz when he came back, right? Mark Trumbo even hit some power for them. Chris Davis, remember when that guy was a dude? Not Chris with a K but Chris with a C. I mean, that dude was crazy for at least, he had like three good seasons, right? One in which he hit like 89,000 home runs, but he had like three good seasons or whatever. Chris Davis was fun. I'll go to the grave with that take. He was fun. He was a fun player, even if he was extremely flawed and fell off the, and, and the end of his career went really poorly. But, you know, he was on more exciting teams. While Nolan Arenado, I think at the beginning, a little bit, certainly. I think that the days of Carlos Gonzalez and Troy Tulowitzki and Charlie Blackman when he was a little bit better in his prime, right? They did have guys, Matt Holiday, or no, Matt Holiday was on, wasn't on the Rockies when Arenado was, but um, that that's a curse name uh, by Padres lore for sure. Um, that I think that Machado, you know, he has the whole, 
you know, the hustle thing. He has the, you know, bad sport personality thing. I'll never forget when I saw live, actually, uh, I forgot where I was exactly, but they had it on a TV screen, the him throwing his helmet down when he ran into Donaldson at third base. It's funny, looking back, what we know about Donaldson now and how much of a jerk he can seemingly be, uh, considering how many teams he's been on over the past few years um, and the Tim Anderson incident. But, you know, he has that moment. He has the slide into second base for Dustin Pedroia, which... I'm going to say outright, I really think that the Red Sox fans overreact to that. I do not think that that was nearly that dirty of a play as, say, the World Series play when he stepped on Jesus Aguilar's ankle, like that stuff. And he's moved past that. But I think Machado is just a louder player in a lot of ways. He adds more noise to him for better or worse. And I think lately it's been better. But I think that's why uh, maybe Padres fans get a little bit more attached and a little bit more excited and will defend him to the death in this debate. But aside from that, and there's a few more character things and off, off, you know, uh, not not off the field, but like, you know, non-stat stuff that we're going to get into. But we have to talk about the numbers. That's what baseball is all about, man. Put some of these numbers into context as well. But before we do that, we're talking about which third baseman we would prefer. You know, that, that's what we're doing on today's episode. And I would quite honestly take either of them. If I was a GM, I'd want either of them. I'd pay up. I would love it. I really would. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You want to live out those GM fantasies? Ho, 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 I got stuff for you. I'm really geeked out. I'm really amped to discuss something very cool, guys, by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise, well, guess what? Your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right you know, coaches and staff. You gotta manage the team finances, that's important. You gotta scout and draft players, that's also very important, you need players. And you can have to maybe you know, manage some difficult personalities every now and then, you know what I mean? And you navigate through free agency, and just the general ups and downs of a season. It's really tough at baseball. Baseball is an absolute marathon, let me tell you. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to, and I especially like that on the go thing. I recently downloaded the app. I haven't fully got into it, but I'm just really excited to have something like this, especially for the season and maybe for you guys to play along with me and whatnot. And I love that it's on the go. Uh, As someone who's a big fan of the video game world these days, there's a lot of controversy with everything always having to have an online connection and you have to play with... Guess what? You don't need that. It's fantastic. It's great. It's lovely. And I'm going to let you guys know how my squad and how I'm doing uh, probably next week or something like that when I have time to dive deeper into it. But let me tell you guys, Locked On Padres listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's free and I'm giving you a boost to start things off. So be sure to check it out. So download the game. Just visit probaseball.com. I'm sorry, probaseballgm.com, scan the code or look it up on the app stores, you know, Google Play, literal app store for iTunes, whatever. That's probaseball.com GM, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, and we're back, everybody. Continuing this old Manny Machado, no one I know how to debate. That was the prelude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the prelude. And again, I'm really excited about doing this episode because I wanted to do it a fun Friday episode, which we hadn't done in a while, 
Fun Friday being just some, when I do something a little bit different and a little bit more fun, I guess, uh, than the usual programming. And I want to do it in honor of all of the very clearly just engagement-seeking takes about the WBC yesterday. You know, all of the, this never, you know, this is why you shouldn't send players there and nobody cares about the World Baseball Classic. I don't care if 66 bajillion people watch Japan and Korea. All that matters is me and my team, right? Like those crazy, really toxic takes. Well, we're going to be toxic on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, because we're doing a debate. Let's start first. Um, I think the right way to start is offense. And, or not offense, I think actually we should start with just overall war. Wins above replacement. Both of these guys are literally exactly the same, more or less. Career F4 for Manny Machado, at this point in his career, is 46.6. As opposed to Manny Machado, his career F4, or I'm sorry, Nolan Arenado's career F4 is 45.7. It's a one-win difference. And I think that one of the things that we'll see when you compare these two players is overall, Manny Machado has had certainly some incredible seasons, while Nolan Arenado has been a little bit more consistent. And I imagine that a lot of people are wondering, well, you know, like, well, Nolan Arenado, is he just, is he overrated because, you know, he played in cores for a lot of his career, right? And that's a totally fair initial question to bring up. Let me be very clear. Um, absolutely a fair question to bring up. Um, Nolan Arenado played, in fact, how many seasons did he play in freaking Coors Field? Let me see. Boop, boop, three. So he's played... Yeah, he's played all but two seasons in Coors Field. That is 22 to 29 years old. So he played like seven, eight years in Coors Field. While Manny Machado has played a little bit all over the place from Baltimore to the Dodgers and now to the Padres. And with Baltimore, let's be clear, Baltimore, especially back then in Camden Yards, was not like a super pitcher-friendly ballpark. Coors is more famous and literally feels like you're playing on the moon. But it's not like Manny Machado was playing in, you know, Safeco Field or something like that. Or Petco. Now, Petco is a little bit more of a pitcher's park. And I think that that is something that we have to bring up as well. Again, the war numbers, at least according to F4, are very similar. If you want to go to baseball reference, Manny Machado has 52, and then Nolan Arenado has 52.2. So this season might be one of those years where we see, like, maybe one take the lead. It's kind of like Harrison Ford and Samuel L. Jackson as, like, the two highest blockbuster actors of all time. Like, who's been in more movies that have made more money? Like, it keeps going back and forth, like, every other year. You know what I mean? Samuel L. Jackson will, like, appear in an Avengers movie, and that gives him the, you know, the torch or whatever. He's talked about this on late night shows. But it's really close between the two, and it's no different in this case. I think that the next thing we got to talk about is offense. And again, yes, I understand that Arenado played a lot of his time in Coors Field. And that is certainly worth bringing up when it comes to stuff like his home runs and his RBI totals. This is a guy who's had, a he had three straight years, Arenado, of 130 RBIs, which is pretty nuts. Which is pretty nuts. And that still, you know, is worth valuing and brings up that he was really good for those teams. And the Rockies weren't awful just yet back in 2014, 2015, right? Like they were a, a flimsy team. They were saying, all right, the Dodgers are the ones here. Same thing with the Giants, but there was a route in which they could do good. And Nolan Arnau, for the most part, came up pretty good for them. Uh, Manny Machado, on the other hand, hasn't necessarily had all that many RBIs throughout his career. He's never eclipsed more than 110, while Arado has done that, like I just said, like three times. In fact, he's done it four times. But RBIs, of course, are not a great indicator of who's all that great. A better indicator that I think will help balance the sheet, at least offensively, between these two players when it comes to their offensive value is WRC+. For those who don't know, we've brought it up on the show. 100 is average. Anything below that is 
under average, and then anything above that is above average. 110 is like, hey, you're an above average player. 140 is like, ah, it's pretty good. 160 is is a phenomenal, right? Like stuff like that. And WRC Plus takes into account your ballpark factor and the team factors and all that stuff and league average factors. Like what is going on with the balls this year? Are the balls, you know what I mean? Like, is it one of those years where it has juiced balls and stuff like that? That might come into play. And I think that's worth bringing up because of the whole course field thing and whatnot. When it comes to WRC Plus, for his career, Manny Machado has a 121. Or I'm sorry, not a 121. He has a 124. Nolan Arado has a 121. So a little bit of a, a tiny bit of a difference. And one of the things that you'll notice in WRC Plus is Manny has been a little bit up and down in his career. Now, there's reasons for that. Some crummy baseball teams that he's been on, right? Like, he's been on some bad Orioles teams. I still actually remember... Um, it was 2017. He was on such a bad team that he played shortstop for a little bit for the Orioles, and his defensive numbers stumbled a little bit. And, uh, you know, he just wasn't all that phenomenal. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. In in 2017, he stumbled uh, quite a bit, uh, Manny Machado. But it was a lot to do with just incredibly poor Babbitt luck that 2017 season, which was the lowest WRC plus of his, basically of his prime of his career. I know he had a lower one in 2013, but I don't really care. It was like his second season in the league. Uh, 2017, his BABIP was 265. He was, I remember that year. Um, I had him in fantasy baseball and it was really rough because it clearly wasn't all of his, all his fault. He just had one of the more unlucky first halves in a long time. But Machado, when it comes to WRC plus has shown a little bit more upside than Nolan Arado. For the most part, I'll read you year by year, you know, starting since, uh, 2015, 121, 126, 130, 133, 130, 76, which was bad in the 2020 season, then 113, and then 151 this past year. Well, Manny Machado, uh, excluding that first, those first two years, 111, 135, 131, 102, 141, 109, 150, 122, and then 152, which was last year. So Manny Machado has had a couple of more singularly dominant seasons than um, Nolan Arenado. Right, he's had a couple of seven F four seasons, which Nolan Arenado has never done, except for this past year. He had a seven point three. While Manny Machado has done that uh, this past year with seven point four, and he did it in let's see here real quick. He did it in twenty eighteen. That was the year that he got traded to the Dodgers, where he was phenomenal. And that's one thing. Like Manny Machado has shown a little bit more upside when it comes to the offense, a little bit more. I'd say, as a player overall. He's had the ability to potentially have a better season than Nolan Arado's had. Mm. But that's not all. Let's go by, let's say, uh, career home runs. Manny Machado, he's at 283. Nolan Arado, he is at 299. Again, that's a little bit more than Manny Machado, but it is also worth pointing out the course field effect. How many balls were carried out by course field? And I think that one thing with course field is actually... It's possible to say that that field might help batting average a little bit more, and that Great American Ballpark for the Reds is actually a little bit more conducive to more home run fly balls uh, leaving the yard and whatnot, or maybe the short porch at Yankee Stadium, right? But even still, it's it's a little bit, the discrepancy isn't all that much, right? Like, the difference between those two, they're all great hitters parks for the most part. Um, and again, Machado's ability to just have a really low strikeout rate. This was actually the highest strikeout rate of his career last year. And it was 20.7%, which is really not all that much. Uh, and Nolan Arenado, as a hitter, has been even better when it comes to that. His walk-to-strikeout ratio, kind of, for his career total, 8% walk rate 
and 14.6% strikeout rate, while Machado's 8.2% to 17% strikeout rate. Again, these differences are so kind of, they're so minor, right? Like they're basically the same player almost offensively. If you want to go by Woba, which kind of takes into account the value of specific hits instead of batting average, which will treat, say, a double as a single, right? Stuff like that. It just ups your batting average. How many base hits slash hits do you get, right? Well, with Woba, which is really important, uh, a career Woba for Nolan Arenado is 369, while Manny Machado's is, let's just make sure I get it right here, 353. So Nolan is a little bit higher there. But again, I don't think that there's all that much, especially when you take into account cores, especially when you take into account some of the really, just the fact that cores is just like, the, the Rockies have always been easy to hit places, all that stuff, nationally pitching, right? That's something you could bring up. You could bring up the fact that maybe American League pitchers are a lot better, especially because they have, they used to at least, uh, always have to be the only league that was hitting against DHs while nationally did not have that. There's... Certainly a lot of variables here, but for the most part, Machado has had a couple years that were better than Nolan Arenado's, but Nolan Arenado's really right there, even with the course field stuff. And to be honest with you, I didn't quite expect that. I thought that he was going to be a four-win type of player, leaving cores and at the at his age which was 30 when he left, right? I thought he was going to be like a 5-4 win player and that his offense was going to suffer a little bit, and it looked like it that first year with the Cardinals, right? He slashed 255-312, but a 494 slugging, and he hit 34 home runs, which is still good, but a 113 WRC+. plus. So I thought he was just going to be a really good player with good defense, while Machado was just going to be raking. And last year, clearly, Arnado proved wrong, um, for sure, that he was just a total... Course field product because his batting average went up, on base went up, not to the crazy degrees as it was in cores, but could still hit it. But there's more to bring up on this. There's more to bring up on this, ladies and gentlemen. The big thing that I see all the time, especially every time he makes the one error he makes every year, is defense. Oh, yeah. We got to talk defense, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get into that, oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about how to defend your, your wallet, right? Or defend people from, you know, making really poor decisions, you know? I want to talk about how you defend yourself from um, boredom when watching sports. This is a really bad transition, so let's just get into it, guys. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers, they get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes drained. We've got March Madness going on as well. I imagine some of y'all are filling out your brackets. Me, personally, I am not because I am not a, a fool who's going to fall for that again. Fun fact. I won like a 60-person pool my last year of college. Had no idea. I knew I was going to pick UVA to win it all, but no idea what the bracket looked like until 15 minutes beforehand, before the first game. And I filled out my bracket really quick. I didn't know I wanted UVA to win. That was my champion. I picked them the year that they got upset too. But I, I knew I was going to do that. Filled out the bracket 15 minutes beforehand, won the whole thing. So ever since then, I have totally not cared about the Turbo Challenge. When it comes to the NBA stuff and FanDuel odds, hey, Nikola Jokic, slipping a bit. I hope you got in on the fact that I was telling the past couple weeks, hey, 
I don't know. He was a little bit too much of a favorite for my taste. Maybe you got in on the Embiid stuff. We're going to see how that pans out. So go check out those odds and whatnot, guys. And they've got you for all a bunch of other sports. We're getting close to baseball. So I promise you we're going to give you some fun uh, tips and whatnot when it comes to baseball since I'm a baseball lad. I'll give you all that stuff. But FanDuel is fantastic. They also let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And we're back! And we're back! Ladies and gentlemen, on this here Locked On Padres podcast. Oh yeah, it's been fun so far. I've been really... Um, you know, pretty uh, number-basedy on all this. And again, like, that's what you have to do in baseball. It's true. And I feel like the first part, we talked about why exactly, you know, Machado gets a little bit overlooked. Um, and I think a big part, or why he gets looked at a lot more by Padres fans because of the, you know, the personality stuff. But now we got to talk about what I think is really why Padres fans get frustrated. And that's the gold gloves. And that's defense. First of all, gold glove is not a very good way to judge overall defensive value, right? It's nice. It's cool. The nominees are nice. Not all of them are bad, but every year you're going to see that it turns into a little bit of a popularity contest when it's like, all right, I can see some of this, but like who is voting on this, this gold glove? Juan Soto was ranked as one of the worst defenders in baseball last year, and he was nominated for a gold glove. Was he good in 2021? Yes, he was. According to bouts of average defensive run saves, he was pretty good. But this year he was atrocious. I don't know what happened. Um, so I just want to emphasize that, you know, when we talk about the gold glove stuff, because Nolan Arenado is a 10-time gold glove winner and a six-time platinum glove winner. I would argue it should be five, because I think last year should have been Cabrian Hayes. I know he was on the Pirates and it was a terrible team, but I don't know. I don't think you should hold that too much against him. That dude's a wizard at third. I think he should have won the platinum glove last year and not Nolan. But Nolan Arenado versus Manny Machado, I think this is where, I hate to say it, Padres fans, but I think this is where... Nolan Arenado gets the benefit of why he might be a better third baseman than Manny Machado. Again, I think the differences are minuscule, but I think this is it. And the reason why is because Nolan Arenado has never had even like one negative defensive year, really. Yes, I love to make fun of him for the errors that he made. I Like I said in the playoff game last year, it was funny, but I did it as a bit. Well, some of y'all be taking it a little bit too seriously. Again, these are only kind of your initial things. I'm not necessarily the biggest scout in the world. I don't know what, but who has better footwork. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who has the better necessarily, the best the best arm strength in the world. But when it comes to defensive run save and outs above average, Nolan Arenado for his career has 155 defensive run save, which puts him on track with some of the great defenders at the position ever, right? Manny Machado, he has an equally, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent defender and certainly has that upside of having incredible defensive run saved years, but he has a 97 career defensive run save metric at um, at third base. I'm not counting shortstop because I don't think shortstop is really his position and he didn't play it for nearly as much where he has minus 11, uh, right? You know what I mean? Like he's not as good there. Uh, don't know why exactly he was a great at shortstop, but whatever. And 
I think that it's important to note here that Manny Machado, his one platinum glove, right? Like he had an incredible season back in 2013, that second year with the Orioles before he fully, you know, figured out the kinks in his offense and became that beautiful swing and home run bashing player we all know and love. He had 27 defensive runs saved that year. That's crazy. You know, that's like Adelton Simmons type stuff right there, right? Like that was absolutely phenomenal. Then he had five the next year, then 18, then 15, then nine, five, one, seven, six, minus three this past year, which is weird. Some of the zone rating metrics didn't love him this past year. His outs above average were still great. It was actually his best outs above average metric year uh, for in the Padres um, or with the Padres, I should say, with eight this year. But for me, the reason why Nolan Arrow is a little bit better a defender is because it's never taken a sizable dip. Machado has always been excellent, but since 2017, he's been in the single digits of defensive run saves, while Nolan Arenado has been above that. Again, since 20, oh, hold on, since 2017, nine five one seven uh, six negative three. While well, Nolan Arenado since 2016, 13, 17, 12, 23, 13, six and 19. Again, I'm not saying that this is the be-all and end-all. But last year, even though it's above average, he's got 15. Year before that, 10. Year before that, 6. 22. 11. 10. 8. He's excellent. And I really thought that this is the area that I don't understand. I don't understand why Padres fans love bringing up this. They get livid whenever Manny Machado isn't nominated for a gold glove, which he wasn't last year. Which, look, I mean, Cabrian Hayes is really crazy, guys. Like, there was one play where he, like, looks like he snapped his head back so far quickly to try and get the ball. Like, because he couldn't see because it was so far down the third base line that he looked like Daisuke Matsuzaka, if you guys remember that. Like, it's a crazy, like, whiplash-inducing play. He just contorts his whole body. This was not last season, but I think the year before. Cabrian Hayes is awesome. And same thing goes for Nolan Arenado. I don't think he should have won the Platinum Glove. I think Cabrian Hayes should have gotten it. But, again... I think that Nolan Arenado has this sense of consistency with him, which is why, if we were talking about who's the better player, that Nolan Arenado might get a little bit of benefit of that there. I know. I know. It sounds crazy for me to say that as the host of the goddamn Locked On Padres podcast, but I really think that there's something to be said for Nolan's consistency. Yes, Coors Field helps his overall career numbers with stuff like home runs. Like, it absolutely does. And I think that that's one reason you got to look at that. I do think it helps out with some of his BABIP stuff. I do. But I really think that these players are both excellent. And don't get me wrong, things can change. They're still around the same age, right? He's a little bit older, right? Nolan's going to be turning 32. Well, Manny Machado's going to be turning 31. But I really think that overall, you know, we're kind of looking at players that are just equally as great. Equally as great, if not you know, just slightly more in the direction of Nolan. I think Machado has had years where he's been a little bit faster on the base paths, especially early on in his career. He swiped 20 blags one year. Last year, he had a good bases running metric while Nolan Arenado did not, which is worth bringing up. But it's situational, right? Like, if it's like, oh, we're in a one-run game and Nolan and Manny are at second base, who do I want there? Yeah, I might want Manny Machado there a little bit more because I think he's shown that he's a little bit better of a base runner. You know, the whole hustle narrative is absolute baloney. And we've talked about this a lot before because the only other player who's played more games than him since 2017 is Paul Goldschmidt. Last year, though, I will say I did feel like it was I've been on this podcast. Go look it up. Lockdown Padres, Manny Machado. You'll find it. I thought Manny Machado should have won the MVP over Paul Goldschmidt last year. I thought Paul Goldschmidt was great. 
but Mahi Machado had a higher F4, and I thought that the narrative part was really important because I like taking into account narrative because, sorry, I don't think that we should encourage people when they're analyzing sports to not have ever actually followed the sport. What does that mean? I don't like that in baseball sometimes people can just look up fan graphs and they've never, they never, they could have not watched any games the whole year. They could have not read any articles, any quotes from players, any press conferences, any watched any crazy games, and they could just be like, oh, well, this guy had a higher war. I think that's bad for the sport, you know? So I try to include stuff like that, and since a lot of their numbers were so close, I thought it was Manny because heading into this year, Padres collapsed in 2021. Absolutely collapsed. Historically collapsed. And they lost Tatis for the beginning of the season. And everyone's like, this offense is no good. At least on the Cardinals heading into the year, there was going to be a lot more guys there, you know, for Paul Goldschmidt. You had Arnato, who was another MVP candidate. How are you going to win, be the most valuable player when the other nominee is someone on your team? What? What? Uh, that's just crazy to me, at least to me, at least to me. So I thought he should have won because he truly carried the Padres offense. I know Juan Soto came aboard, but they needed him to step up and he did. I don't know if there was any other. I think the, the Cardinals had players with talent that could have stepped up. I don't think the same for the Padres, really. Especially when the, the first baseman was still there with Eric Hosmer. You had Will Myers not being all that great. I don't think... that That's just me. Again, that's just me. I really do think that Manny Machado headed into last year being like, if they're going to win offensively, he needs to do a lot of the heavy work here. And he did. While the Cardinals... And I know he had a bad year, but Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, guys like that. You don't know one Arenado, right? Like So I think he should have won the MVP last year, don't get me wrong. But... Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is still deserving. That's the only thing that I will valiantly kind of defend. When it comes to Nolan Arenado versus Manny Machado, one of them, I think, is infinitely more fun, and that's Manny. He's so much more fun to watch. Just watch the World Baseball Classic. Watch the playoff game. Watch the Cardinals versus Padres thing. He's more fun. He's more passionate. He's more into it. He's got a much crisper swing, in my opinion. Not necessarily better and produce better results, but his swing is just gorgeous. It looks like he's swinging like through water, you know, like, cause that's how it's like a slow swing. I don't even know how to say it looks like it goes around the world, but like he somehow is getting the bat down really quickly. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's just gorgeous how to, you know, there's too many adjectives that I could come up for Manny Machado's swing. And I think for that reason, I like Manny Machado infinitely more than Nolan Arenado. And that's honestly biased aside. I would have said that before I started hosting this podcast. I really would have. I thought Nolan was great and he's a great defensive highlight guy too but not as fun. Granted, that could be a product of some of his bad teams. Manny has been on some better teams, especially those years of Buck Walter and Baltimore that we talked about at the beginning. But I think Nolan Arenado is just slightly, slightly better. Slightly. And these things could change. Really, they could change. Nolan Arenado might next year just collapse offensively. It's not impossible. Like I said, that 113 WRC plus mark, first year leaving cores, it wouldn't shock me. If the following year it was like, oh, wow, yeah, he's just going to be, that's a little bit more what he's going to be from now on. While Manny, I could see him putting up something like last year for at least the next couple seasons, right? I could see that. But to me, I've just never understood the outrage for this. I thought that it was ridiculous. I think that it's just people overreacting. I don't mind if you say Manny's better. I don't mind if you say Nolan's better. But I think the idea of yelling at each other is very similar to what's going on in the MVP race with the NBA where people are yelling at each other about Jokic or Embiid, when in fact, hold on for a second, one thing, still a lot of regular season left, same thing for Manny and um, Nolan Arenado, still a lot of career left, we have to see how things pan out, 
And also, you know, they're both really deserving. It's close. This is what's supposed to be fun about sports, is debating these things. Not yelling and getting freaked out because Manny Machado didn't get a Gold Glove nominee. Which isn't even that great of an indicator of overall success anyway. He's still an excellent player. He's still, you know, been to a World Series, which, you know, Nolan Arno has certainly not. You know, he's been a five-time All-Star. He's got two Gold Gloves. He's got a Platinum Gov. He's won the Silver Slugger. He's been great, man. He's been great. And he's on the Padres, and he's such a better fit for this team, I think, than Nolan Arenado would be. I, I think. I think he's just a little bit more exciting. Not to throw shade on my guy. Not to throw shade on Arenado, but that's just me, ladies and gentlemen. That's just me. And I know that, you know, some folks might want me to come on here and say, it's not even close. You're an idiot for taking him. I don't. I don't. And I think Padres fans and media need to calm down a little bit and stop acting like it's a bad thing for people to say he's second to Nolan Arenado. Guess what? I think like the five of the best 15 players in baseball right now are third baseman. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's where, just where we're at. It's a super top-heavy, incredible position right now. And it's been that way for a while, as I talked about in the first segment with Longoria and Kyle Seeger and all those guys, right? But those are just my thoughts, guys. Please give me yours. Tweet at me, at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno. Give me your thoughts or comment in the YouTube section. I'd love to hear back from you guys because this is only kind of the surface-level statistical analysis in a lot of ways on my part. So I imagine folks have their own takes to throw out there. So send them my way. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. <sighs> Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter again at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Come on, come on.